0: Joshua chapter six verse one is where I want to turn our attention to. We'll go through verse twenty one and then give you what God's laid on my heart. Joshua chapter six verse one. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And you shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day. He shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpets, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him." And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on and compass the city and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets and the reward came after the ark, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout. Then shall ye shout. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about at once. And they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the rear reward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp. So they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout! For the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that went in. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of the accursed thing." And make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before them. And they took the city and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city. Both man and woman, young and old and ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. Heavenly Father bless I pray the reading of your word. Dear God, I pray that you'd let these wonderful words of life get down deep into our heart. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me as I preach from them. Empty me of self and selfish desire. May I lift up Christ high before your people. Lord, I pray you'd help me to accurately preach your word. May the Holy Ghost of God take it and apply it as He sees fit and as you've desired to do since the very beginning of time. Lord, I pray that you'd magnify yourself this night and for everything you do. We'll do our best to give you the praise and glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You are well aware of the fact that God expects his people to have victory. And I mean not just victory when we get to heaven. I'm talking about victory now. And we know that. It's reflected in scripture. It's reflected in our songs. It's reflected in preaching. We all grew up singing uh, victory in Jesus. In addition to that, we also sing I'm on the winning side. Uh, we sing faith is the victory. The victory is a popular name of churches. We understand instinctively that God wants to do something for us here and now, right. not just when we get to heaven. Uh, it was 1983. There is a, a really unique race that uh, takes place in Australia. I don't know how many of you like to run. Uh, but This particular race is, is, is a race that even people who like to run would be a little bit intimidated by. It's called the ultramarathon. Uh, this race is uh, 600 miles long, Normally it takes five to six days to run it. Well, back in the inaugural running of it, back in 1983, all the best athletes in the world had, had come there. And we're talking about people that have sponsorships from big sports companies. They've got all the best shoes, all the best equipment. There's, there's news crews all over the place waiting to see what's going to happen in this race. I mean, this is just an unheard of thing in humanity. Nobody's ever heard of running a race like this. Well, everybody's mulling around getting ready for the race and there's all kinds of people from the communities around that'll come out to see what's going on and they're just the average folks from that part of the world. There's an old man there that day dressed in overalls and, and muddy work boots and he had on a straw hat. He's just a local farmer and, and he walked up to the crowds and then started to walk up towards a table and they figured out oh, he wants to see some of the athletes. Well, he got to the table and he said, where do I sign up? And they said, excuse me? Hey, said, where do I sign up? They said, for what? For the race. They said, this race. Yeah, this race. <laughs> they laughed and said, You're kidding. He wasn't kidding. They shoved a form in front of him, and Cliff Young signed that paper, 61 years old, and handed it back to him, paid his entry form, and made his way to the starting line with all the other runners. People are giggling. They figure this camera crew around that's setting up a joke or something I don't know what's going on uh, the gun sounded and everybody started running Cliff, Rungs, Cliff Young started running just an old potato farmer 61 years old well not only was he not wearing the right kind of clothes I mean he's got on overalls and a straw hat and, and work boots and mud, mud clods falling, flying off of him he, he didn't even run right Remember, everybody knows how you run you run like this right Cliff Young didn't know that Hey, say on the gun Cliff Young starts doing this number he, he doesn't even raise his arm. He's just, he, he's just shuffling like this. Well, now they know something's not right. This has got to be a joke. Some of the news crew sort of walked out to him real quick. I mean, he's just shuffling. They didn't have any trouble catching him. And they got up beside him. They said, oh, man, what are you doing? He said, I'm running the race. They said, no, 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 seriously. What are you doing? He said, I'm running the race. They said, do you have any idea what you're doing? This race is 600 miles. It takes five to six days to run it. This is for the best athletes in the world. He said, yep. Kept on shuffling. They said, Man, you're not even going to live through this race. He said, I reckon I can do all right. He said, What makes you think you can do this? He said, Well, when I was growing up, we had 2,000 acres and didn't have any horses and we, we had sheep. And whenever we saw a storm coming in over the horizon, I, I'd have to run out there and run them all down. I, I had to be the family sheepdog. And sometimes it'd take two or three days to run them down, but I always got them. I reckon I can probably run this race. I said, Your funeral. Race went on, and I mean everybody left the old man in the dust. And You keep that in mind. We'll come back to that towards the end of the message. There's a few more things I want to say about that. As we get into the book of Joshua, we're finding a book that really is about victory in the life of the believer. Back then, the believers were God's people, the children of Israel. They are conquering now at this point their promised land that God has has offered them and promised them since the time of Abraham 430-some years earlier. Now it's time to actually get it, but they're going to have to fight for it. But God has promised them that he's going to give them victory in all of this. Our God, as I've said, is the God of victory. Psalm 98, 1, O sing unto the Lord a new song. For he hath done marvelous things. His right hand, his holy arm, hath gotten him the victory. Isaiah 25, 8, he will swallow up death in victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 54, so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where's thy sting? O grave, where's thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So our God of victory expects us to have victory. And now as we get into the early chapters of the book of Joshua, we're about to find a lesson or two on this thing called victory. Now notice first of all a big problem. In Joshua chapter 6 verse 1, the Bible says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Now, as Israel crosses over the Jordan into the land, the first thing they run into is a city by the name of Jericho. Now, this is not an unfamiliar city to us. We have grown up hearing about Jericho our entire lives. We've grown up singing about Jericho our entire lives. I know you remember well, Joshua, the battle of Jericho, Jericho. When I was growing up in the youth group, we always used to sing, Joshua, the battle of Jericho, Jericho. I'm surprised God didn't kill us. Remember, disrespect little kids. When we've sung about Jericho, they're now facing Jericho. There's this gigantic battle ahead of them, and it's bigger than most people even know. Allow me from archaeology, to please, to fill in some of the details about what they're facing. There were two walls around the city. It was a double-walled system. And this double-walled system rested on the top of a stone base. They were huge in size. There were natural springs supplying it with constant fresh water so nobody ever had to worry about going anywhere. It was the key of the eastern pass through the deep ravine called the Wadi Kilt into the interior of the land. In other words, in order to get anywhere in that land, in order to even begin getting victory, you had no choice but to go through Jericho, but you had no good way to go through Jericho. This is, the land, this is the time before hydraulics. This is the time before bombs. This is the time before much in the way of uh, understanding of levers. There's no good human way at this point in history to get through this big problem. You ever had a problem in your life that there was really no really good human way to get past it? If you have, then you know a little bit about what they're facing in this battle of Jericho. So we see a big problem. But notice the number two, a bold promise. Verse two, and the Lord said unto Joshua, see, I've given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. Look at it again. The Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. Now, I'm gonna need at this point some help in the message. And to me, it is worth... $20, I need a good young man, an energetic young man who'd like to earn $20. Who'd like to earn $20? dollars i got a good energetic young man right here. Anybody? Come on up then, that's fine. Here we go, alright. Thank you very much young man. Now remind me of your name again. Come on, Come here, Josiah, Josiah. Josiah, I appreciate you Help me out. This $20 right here, I'm going to give you this $20 at the end of the message, but you can have to work for it. You good for that? Very good, I like him already. Now, Joshua, if I said to you, see, I have given you this $20, what would you think? You think what? You think, thank you. But but who's got the $20? No, who's got the $20 right now? Me. That's exactly right. All right. So I've said, Josiah, see, I have given you this $20, but if I say that, where do you expect the $20 to be? If I say I've given it to you, where do you expect it to be? In your hand, right? Got that? Okay, but it's not in your hand, is it? It's in my hand. You follow this? Hang on, we'll come back to that. God says to Joshua, See, I have given into your hand all the land of Jericho and the king thereof. But as Joshua looks out, you know what he sees? He sees Jericho. What's that there? That's Jericho. You follow that? Jericho. See the walls around it in your mind? Can you see, see the imaginary walls? See all those ugly soldiers out there? God says, "See, see, I've given it to your hand, Jericho. What's still there, Jericho? What's still around Jericho? What's around it? Walls. What's inside it? People, soldiers. Does that make any sense to you? God says I've given it to you, but it's still there. Does that make any sense? Probably not yet, right? Okay, hang with me. So we've got ourselves a big, big problem. Problem. We've got a bold promise." But then notice number three, a bewildering plan. God's made his promise to Joshua. Now all that's left are the details. Here's the details, verse 3 through 5. He says, And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets, and it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout, the great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend every man straight before. Him. Now, let me ask you a question. You're Joshua, right? God comes to you. He says, I've given you all the city of Jericho. See, Jericho, I've given it to you. What do you see? Jericho. What's around Jericho that you still see? Walls. What's inside Jericho you still see? Soldiers. Doesn't make any sense, does it? But God says, well, hang on a second, got some details for you. I've given you that. And what I need you to do is, I need you to go around the city. Now this section of pews right here, back to where the camera is, that's going to be Jericho. You follow that? You are going to be Joshua and the children of Israel.
1: So I need you to please take a lap around, Jer- around Jericho, please. Hurry, quick as you can. He's
0: going around the holes there. He's not even taking the shortcut, man. I gave him the shortcut. I like this kid. Come on in. Hallelujah. Come on, Josiah. Very good. God says, God says, see, I've, I've given you the city. I just want you to go around the city. Now, does the plan, humanly speaking, make any sense? We're talking about a city, gigantic walls, double walls on a stone base, and God says, walk around it, walk around it. It's gonna be yours. It's, it's yours. Now, what'd you just do? What around what? The wall of Jericho. Wall of Jericho. Why why? God told you to? Seriously? What do you still see? Jericho. What do you still see around Jericho? Walls. What do you still see inside Jericho? Soldiers. Do the walls look any weaker to you? No cracks or nothing like that? Nothing? That doesn't make any sense, does it? Let's find out what else God has to say. Uh, Verse verse 6. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on and compass the city, let him this arm pass before the Ark of the Lord. It came to pass when Joshua, spoken unto the people, that seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew the trumpets. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord followed them, and the armed men went before the priests that blew the trumpets. And the rearward came after the Ark, the priests going on and blowing at the trumpets. And Joshua commanded the people, saying, "Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. So the Ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about at once, they came into the camp and lodged. In the camp, verse 14, and the second day, they come the city and return into the camp. Now, Joshua, what, what's, what's God told you to do? Go around, go around the city. What city? Jericho. Why? Okay. What is, what he says he's going to do?
1: He's going to give you the city, right? Okay. Day two then. Go on. Here you go. Run. That's told That's it. going to do the $20, man. He's going all the way around again. I like him. Hey, Joshua. How's it going, man? Good? barra bum barra bum barra bum to bum barra bum doing? bum
0: around the city? That city? Jericho? Why? What? God, God told you to? What did he say he was going to do? He's going to give you the city? That city? What do you still see around that city? Walls. What do you still see inside that city? Soldiers? It look like the city's any weaker to you? Have any of the cities died? Have any, any soldiers died or anything? Falling off the wall? Jumping? Anything like that? Does any of this humanly speaking make sense to you? And we say that God's will makes sense. But so far, God's will doesn't seem to make sense, does it? Let's look at the last part of that verse 14. It says, uh, let's see here, uh, and return to the camp, so they did six days. You, you've been two days of this, right? Day three, take off, here we go.
1: By the way, that is the Lone Ranger theme for any of you young people. I forget, not, a, not a, Hey, Joshua! What's going on man?
0: How you doing? Good? What you up to? Going around around the city? What city? Jericho? That Jericho? Why? What? God told you to? Seriously? Wow, what did he say he was going to do? He's going to give you Jericho? That Jericho? What do you still see around Jericho? Walls? What do you still see inside Jericho? Soldiers? Soldiers, Do the walls look any weaker to you? No? Any, Any of the soldiers died or anything? I mean, don't you feel a little bit crazy? I mean, God, God's given you this. He's giving you His will. He's made this promise, but doesn't seem to make an ounce of sense, does it?
1: And it's just day three.
0: Day four. Take off. Here we go.
1: Eventually I switch to the Jeopardy theme song. Hey, Joshua. How's it going, man? Good? What's up to you? Going around the city? What
0: city? Jericho. Jericho? Why? What? Seriously? God. You I mean like God? God told God to go around Jericho? Why? What did he say he was going to do? Give Jericho to you? What do you still see around Jericho? Walls. What do you see inside Jericho? Soldiers. soldiers. Ugly looking soldiers. <laughs> Are the walls any walls any weaker or anything? No blocks falling off of them or nothing? No soldiers dying?
1: Nobody waving the white flag or anything? Does this make any sense to you? Really doesn't. But it's only day four. Day five, take off. <laughs> the length of this message is determined by how fast the participant runs. <laughs> hey Joshua How's it going, man? Good. What you up to? Run um, around Jericho? Why?
0: What? Seriously? Got God. God. God told you to run around the city, right there. Why? What He says going to do? He's going to give you the city. Um, I got a question. What do you still see around Jericho? Yeah. Walls. Pretty big walls too, right? Pretty hefty walls. What do you still see inside Jericho? Soldiers. soldiers. Lots of soldiers. Is anybody waving their white flag? Anybody surrendering? You've been at this for five days now. Does God's
1: will make any sense to you yet? On this, really, it doesn't. But then comes day six. Take off. Here we go. Hey, Joshua! What's up, man? How you doing? You sure?
0: Cause look like you're sweating a little bit there. <laughs> what you up to, man? What are you doing? You're, you're running, around, running around Jericho, right? That Jericho? That's odd. It's like a battle plan or something. Who, who told you to run around Jericho? God did, right? God, the God, seriously? You're, con- you're convinced God told you this. Absolutely convinced. Why did God tell you do this? What did he say he was going to do? He's going to give you Jericho. Dude, the walls are still there, right? Soldiers are still there. You've been doing this six Days. Don't you think you ought to quit by now? Look, man, I mean, there's doesn't seem to be any good reason to go on, right? I mean, you've been at this six days and nothing has changed. Doesn't seem like God's gonna come through for you. You sure you wanna keep on doing God's will? Then this time, why don't we just take the shortcut and just do this section? Because this is day seven. Let's see what the Bible says. Let's see here. Verse 15, it came to pass on the seventh day, they rose up by the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times.
1: Only on that they compassed the city seven times. Take off, Joshua. Here we go. Now,
0: y'all got to help him as he comes around here and count for them. we we'll give him some good encouragement. Here we go. One! Here we go. He's going to flap two. There's only one lap, man. It's only one lap, man. Come on, you can't be shortchangers now. Don't be trying to cheat us, Joshua. Here we go. He's coming around. He's coming around third base. He's hitting for home again. He's doing so good. Very good. And we got uh, two. Very good. He's not, you're on lap two, man. You're on lap two, man. You got seven laps. You got seven laps, man. Home's good. Hallelujah. It's, it's, here we go. He's coming around again. He's coming around again. He's doing really good. He's doing really good. He's obeying the Lord. He's obeying the Lord. He's coming around again. That's lap three. Very good. Now he's got the now he's got the picture. He's coming around. Now he's going. He's got. He's he's, he's almost around. This lap. He's coming around third base again. Here we go. 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 He's coming around the corner. Come around. Hel- help him out. Count as he goes. Uh, four. Very good. He's only got three more laps to go. Three more laps to go. Here we go. He's doing good, Joshua. You doing all right, man? You are doing all right? Following the Lord, man. I think everybody else would have quit by now, but you're still going good. Here we go, Joshua. You doing good? Doing good. doing. doing Come help us. Comes around. Five. Very good, very good, very good, very good, very good, I just always pray nobody dies when I do this. Hello, here we go. He's coming around again. He's, got, he's coming around third base. He's coming around second base. He's rounding third base. Here we go. He's, here we go. Here we go. He's getting to the best lap of all.
1: That's six. One more. This is the favorite lap. Everybody loves this one. Here we go. Here we, go. we can see him. He's on the home stretch. He's on the home stretch. Hey, cheer for him! Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Woo!
0: And the Bible says that when they got around the seventh time. Joshua said, shouts, everybody. Help us here. One, two, three. Hallelujah! And the walls simply fall down flat. This is for you. Thank you. Have a seat. Give him a hand. Say, preacher, what's that about? You just want to have a visual, a bit of fun. No, it's not like that at all. Listen to me. We say so often, God's will... Makes sense but the truth of the matter is if we said it accurately it will be God's will always makes sense eventually God's will always makes sense eventually God told Joshua and the people go around the city today I want you to do it one time they go around the city one time and nothing has changed they've they've got God's will, they know that They've heard God's promises. They know that. But they get around and there's no change and now they feel really foolish because it seems like something would be happening, right? Even just a little bit of evidence. But the next day, they get up around it and they they go around it again because God said so and God promised. They get around the second day and I guarantee the people in Jericho are having a heyday with them now. (laughs) These dumb Israelites. What do they think they can do? Choke us with dust off their feet? (laughs) Is this Is the best you can do? Go back to Egypt. They get around and look. There's no visible evidence that God's will is making sense and that anything's happening. They get up and they go around on the third day. Same thing. All they did was just go around the walls and there's no visible evidence that anything's changing and nothing really makes sense. They get up on the fourth day. They're just now operating just because God said so, because, man, there's no encouragement to be seen. Make their way all the way around the city a fourth time, still being mocked, still being made fun of. They get done, they look back, and all the soldiers are still there. The walls are still there. Nobody's waving the white flag and dejected. They go back to camp again. They get up on that fifth day, go around it again. You know they are the talk of Canaan right now. Everybody around is laughing at them, making fun of them, but they're just putting one foot in front of the other just trying to obey God because they got God's will they got God's promise and nothing makes sense yet but they're trying so they go around to that fifth day and they look back and man, all the blocks are still in place not, there's not a crack in the wall anywhere nobody's waving the white flag all the soldiers are still there all the weapons are still there everybody's making fun of them they go back to camp they get up on the sixth of the day one more time, they go around it all the way, people making fun of them, laughing. Get back and look, but they already know what it's going to be. They see that there's nothing that's changed. All the blocks are still in place. There's no cracks. Nobody's waving the white flag. All the soldiers are still there. They get up, they go to camp, and then they wake up early the next morning. and realize, oh, man. Man, if we thought the first six days were hard, this is going to be the hardest day of them all. Because this time, we're not going around once, We're going to start early in the morning and we feel like still being in bed. And we're going to go around the city seven times. Can you imagine the mocking we're going to get? Sure enough, they start walking. But this time when they get around, they don't stop. They don't go back to camp. They just go around again and you know the people in Jericho are having a field day with them by that point. They get around the the city the second time. Nothing's changed. They're probably having rotten tomatoes thrown at them from off the walls. They just keep on walking because God said so. And nothing makes any sense, but they go around a third time that day. And and then nothing still makes any sense and it just doesn't look like anything's working. They go around the fourth time. and, And then just because God said so, they go around a fifth time. But sure enough, nothing's changed. No blocks are falling, no cracks in the wall, nobody waving the white flag. They get all the way around the sixth time. Absolutely nothing has changed whatsoever. They wonder why they are wasting their time. They go around the seventh time. They shout, and immediately, all at once, everything changes. And the walls come down because God's will always makes sense eventually. Now, in my experience, and I guarantee you in a lot of your experiences, seven days is usually pretty quick. Very few people, but lads, seem to have the luxury of God's will making sense after just seven days. God says to Joseph, I'm going to have your brothers bow down before you. Your family is going to bow down before you. And 22 years later, after being sold into slavery by those brothers, after becoming a slave in Potiphar's house, after being falsely accused of a crime he did not commit, after going to jail and after being intentionally forgotten in jail, 22 years later, God's will finally makes sense. God calls a little shepherd boy in out of the field. Samuel anoints him with oil says, you're going to be the next king of Israel. He's about 15 years old. 15 years later, after having run for his life for 13 of those years, after having lived in caves for 13 of those years, 15 years later, God's will finally makes sense. God's will always makes sense eventually. Cliff Young shuffled along that first day, and everybody left him in the dust, and he was the laughing stock of Australia. Well, everybody knew how to run the race; they were professionals. How you run the race is you run for about eighteen hours, and then you go to sleep for about five or six hours, and you get up and you run it again the next day. But Cliff Young didn't know that. Mr. Potato Farmer, and everybody else went to sleep, just kept going, and he shuffled all through the night. And the competitors woke up the next morning, got out of their little tents on the side of the road and looked back down the road and went, and Cliff Young was coming after them. They took off running again. Cliff Young just kept on shuffling. Didn't seem to be in any hurry or anything. Some of the reporters came up to him. They said, you didn't sleep last night. He said, nope. They said, when are you going to go to sleep? He said, I'm not. They said, what do you, what do you mean you're not going to go to sleep? He said, I'm going to run all the way through. They said, you can not run all the way through. He said, we'll see. Kept on shuffling. Competitors run their race that day. They go to sleep. They wake up, with, wake up the next morning look. Here he comes again. He's closer than he was the last time. This goes on for three and a half days. On the night of the fourth day, while the rest of them were sleeping, Cliff Young shuffled past them. He just kept on going. He crossed the finish line ten Hours ahead of schedule. Everybody from that point on started running the race just like the old potato farmer ran it. And when they called him on to the stand that day to receive his medal and handed him the check for $10,000, he went, you mean I get money for it? (laughs) He didn't have any idea. He just knew he wanted to run, so he just gave away his winnings and said, I just enjoyed doing it became the hero of Australia because he just kept shuffling. He just kept shuffling. He just kept shuffling. You see, if Joshua and company had quit on the first day or the second day or the third day, if they packed it in on the fourth day, if by the fifth day they said, it doesn't make sense, we're not doing it anymore, if sometime on the sixth day they said, "This, this is crazy, we quit, If at any point on any of the seven laps, on the seventh day, they'd quit and gone back, they never would have seen God's will make sense. But because they did one thing, because they trusted in God enough just to keep shuffling another day, God's will finally made sense. I don't know what you're going through, what you've been through, but I know this. God's got a plan for your life and there are always promises attached to His plan every single time. There are always promises attached to the plan of God. And God's not asking you to do anything supernatural. He's already done the supernatural. God's just asking you as a child of God to do one simple thing. Get up tomorrow morning and shuffle through His will all the way to the end of the day, even if it doesn't make sense. And then tomorrow, the day after that, Get up in the center of his will and shuffle that day all the way through his will, even if it doesn't make sense. And the day after that, just shuffle one more day right in the center of his will, even if it doesn't make sense, and just keep shuffling until it does make sense. Because God's will always makes sense eventually.